How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. As always, it's so good to be with you. If you just stumbled upon the podcast for the first time, uh, welcome. Super glad that you're here hanging out with us today. We're just a bunch of guys who are trying to figure out what it looks like to fall in love with Jesus and to help our family do the same. Um, We want to lead our family well, and we're trying to figure out what that looks like. So we're all kind of stumbling through that together, um, which is rare. It's hard to find dudes who are pointing each other back to Jesus. Um, So that's what we want to be, a community of men who do that well together. Um, We'd love to have you come hang out with us and be part of our little group. And um, you can do that by going to dadtired.com and then click the community tab. And that will link you over to a closed group that we have on Facebook um, where you can get connected and plugged in there. Again, we'd love to have you come be part of that. Um, I recently asked the guys of the Dad Tired community how many of them felt competent as leaders in their family, as the spiritual leader of their family, and how many of them felt competent in leading their family toward Jesus. And uh, 81%, just over 81% of the guys said they do not feel competent doing that. In fact, 80, over 81% of them said they feel more confident at work and their role as uh, at their job than they do as the spiritual leader of their home, which is crazy, man. Like God's role for us is to go out into all the world and make disciples. That's that's like that's all we're supposed to be doing is to make disciples. And uh, and the number one place for us as husbands and dads and men is to do that in our home and with our families. And uh, essentially 81% of guys say, I don't really know how to do that. I don't know how to lead my family towards Jesus. So that's why this ministry exists. That's what we're trying to do. Uh, we're a nonprofit ministry that is just super focused on helping men lead their family well. We are really, really dedicated to making sure that we reach as many guys as possible. I want to read you this note from one of the guys who attended a conference, a dad tired conference that we did recently. He sent me an email and he said, Jared, I just wanted to send you a note just to tell you how much this weekend meant to me. This was truly life-changing. I don't know exactly how to adequately put this into words. Just something clicked for me and I understand what I'm supposed to be doing as a father and realize the nine years that I've completely wasted with my wife as far as being the spiritual leader of my house. This retreat was an emotional weekend for me. I don't cry much, but after we were done, I walked to the lake and I prayed to God and I just cried like a baby for all the things I haven't done for my family. I have a new mindset and a new mission. I've came back and pursued my wife again. I've been working on getting to the root of the heart of my children. And I'm also stumbling my way through my first attempts of trying to use 30 second situations to relate things back to God. What he's referencing there is um, things that we've talked about in the past on the show uh, and also in our conferences where we are just trying to use every 30 second opportunity to point our kids back to Jesus. And we've got an episode on that. Um, And we we talk about that on the retreat. But anyway, man, this is one story uh, of hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of guys who are being pointed back to Jesus. And even uh, equally as importantly, um, they are feeling equipped to lead their family well. Um, Guys who feel like they've never been able to do that and never knew where to begin are now feeling like they've got some tools to start stumbling their way to spiritual leadership. And so if you believe in the ministry, man, we need your help to just continue to grow it and to continue to reach more guys. Um, so what we're doing as kind of a Father's Day, um, just out of Father's Day for this Father's Day week coming up, uh, we want to give you the Dad Tired devotional for free. 
Um, so we've got a devotional that goes through the gospel and what it looks like to apply the gospel to your life. It was written specifically for the men of the dad tired community. And I just want to give that to you for free as a thank you gift for making a contribution to the ministry. So go to dadtired.com and then you're actually going to see the tab devotional up at the top. And when you click that devotional tab, you can make a contribution to the ministry. And when you do, we're just going to send you a copy of the stop behaving devotional for free. Um, and you can start going through that and start feeling more equipped. And, and as a result of that, you also know that you're helping contribute to the dad tire ministry and helping us reach more guys, um, like this. And, and as a bonus, your, your, um, your donation is tax deductible, which is always awesome. Um, Father's Day is like coming up real, real quick. Uh, it is on the 16th. And so you need to, if you're listening to this right now, you can do this at any time. We're going to keep this open so you can come in and uh, make a donation and get this book for free. But if you want the book by Father's Day, maybe you want to gift it to a friend, uh, you need to make that donation by the 10th of June 2019, <laughs> uh, June 10th, 2019, so that we can get that book to you as uh, quickly as possible before Father's Day comes and goes. Anyway, help us out. Help us reach more men for the sake of the gospel. Equip more men. That's what we're all about. If you believe in that, help us accomplish that mission. Um, today, we've got a super good interview with my friends, uh, Aaron and Jennifer Smith from Marriage After God. They always drop so much wisdom. I've talked a lot about them and their new book called Marriage After God that has just now released. So you can go get that right away. Um, but you're going to really, really like this interview. I'm confident that's going to point you towards Jesus and give you some really practical tools in your marriage. So without further ado, here are my friends, Aaron and Jennifer Smith, talking about their new book, Marriage After God. Aaron and Jennifer, so excited to have you on today. A lot of the Dad Tired audience knows of you guys because I talk about you so much and I'm such a huge fan of what you guys are doing. But for like the one person who may not know who you are uh, listening to this episode right now, <laughs> give us an update on who you are and what you're up to these days. Well, first, hi, everyone. Thank you uh, so much for yeah, having us awesome. on today. This is so, so awesome. Um, I'm Jennifer. And I'm Aaron. And we have... Um, some individual ministries that we run um, called Unveiled Wife and Husband Revolution. Uh, but the thing that we've been building the most lately is marriageaftergod.com. And uh, it's all based around our book that I'm sure we're going to talk about. But that's what we do. We we encourage marriages and to grow in faith and to be used by God. Personally, yeah. uh, we've been married for 12 years, 12 and a half years. And we have four young kids. Um, there are six, four uh, two and eight months. Eight months. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you guys are, uh, you're about up for another one, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every, every eight months, I think. Yeah. Uh, every time, every time the baby turns one too, I start getting this thing in my heart where I'm like, you're not a baby anymore. I miss having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Man. We have a, we have a five month old and, um, I'm already like, all right, let's get another uh, one going. She's already, <laughs> I'm excited to keep busting out more babies by God's grace. Um, sweet. Well, tell like, what's the heartbeat? Uh, there's, there are a few, there's a handful of marriage stuff out there, but I'm obviously a huge fan of what you guys are doing. I could go on and on about why I love, uh, marriage after God and unveiled wife, husband revolution, all the stuff you guys are doing. But like at the core, if you could just like boil it down, like what it, at the heart, what are you guys really passionate about when it comes to marriages? Uh, you know, so we, we take our marriages and it's the, it's the tool that God's used to show us who he desires us to be. And so it just happens to be the medium through which we 
uh, preach to people. And so I, I don't see us necessarily, I call people, I tell people that we're a marriage ministry, but we're, our heart is that husbands and wives would recognize that their marriage is a ministry and God wants to use their unique gifts, talents, resources as a couple for his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just like, hey, let's work on having a happy marriage. There's so many good resources out there for growing in your relationship, learning how to communicate, uh, how to not fight, how to have better intimacy. That's not, I don't feel like that's ever been our focus. We talk about those things, but I, I, I believe our focus has always been, hey, God has something more for us than just happily ever after. And that's actually where this this book came from was, hey, how can we encourage couples to to be used, to, to realize like if we walk with each other in unity and toward God, we're, he, we're going to see amazing things happen. Uh, a word that we just, we use a lot in our marriage is extraordinary. And that's, I, I believe our hearts for marriages is that they would experience the extraordinary things that God has for them as a couple um, as they pursue his purposes. Yeah. I love that. Jennifer, did you want to add to that? I didn't add yeah. some thoughts, but did you want to add to that? Yeah. I just wanted to say that um, one of the biggest um, encouragements and influences in our life has been time and time again, someone or a couple encouraging our marriage, um, yeah. giving us hope uh, in the dark times of our marriage. It was hope for the next day, you know, to persevere, to stick it out together, to um, try and have uh, a vision for the future. Um, and as our marriage continues to get stronger and stronger, it's just the everyday community coming alongside of us um, and encouraging us. And so a big part of our community, a big part of our uh, ministry through, you know, online um, stuff has just been to be that hope and encouragement for other marriages. We just felt so strongly that it was uh, something that not every marriage had. And so we wanted to be used by God in a way that said, um, here it is. Here, Here's some encouragement. Here's a reminder every day to uh, turn your hearts to God and to persevere. And, um, you know, just to, to hand them that same hope that people handed us um, and to hopefully have it strengthen their marriages. And we, we don't want to just be the only ones doing that. We want to encourage them to then do that and be that for other people. And that's a big part of marriage after God is just that, you know, we would encourage and inspire other marriages to also be encouraging and inspiring other marriages and see that ripple effect go out into the world. Yeah, that's so good. I love your guys' heartbeat behind that. Uh, one of the things I tell the dad tired community often is like, I always say when a couple forgets that God brought them together for the advancement of, a, of his kingdom, uh, they become passionate about trivial things instead of the things that last for eternity. Like oh, they, yeah. they, they just get so focused on their own little nucleus of a family mm-hmm. that they forget like God has uniquely brought them together for his glory. Um, which obviously that's what you guys just described is what you're passionate about. But how does a couple, in your opinion, like how does a couple go about starting to figure that out? Like move beyond, okay, how are we going to pay the bills? Are the kids seem crazy this week? Like they're just, it's our, you know, our own little fights, our own little things that we're going through. How do you get, how do you step back as a couple and say like, what, what's the bigger picture here? How has God brought us together uniquely for his glory? Um, I mean, we all run into those, you know, everyday challenges. And so I think the biggest part is just to make sure that you understand your own personal responsibility is to be aligning your heart with God. And the way that that happens is to be in his word and to be prayerful about the things that you're walking through or enduring or facing and, and to be doing that individually, but then to also be doing that as a couple. 
one of the biggest um, impacts in my life as a wife and as a mother has been my husband leading me in, hey, uh, let's put the phones away and get into scripture. Hey, let's um, be praying for this. Hey, let and, you know, and just constantly reminding me and me being able to remind him yeah. um, when we're frustrated or being impatient. Hey, let's let's stop and reorient what's happening and turn our focus back to what God's doing. And it's a constant thing. You know, we're not perfect at it, but I think the goal is to be um, keeping God at the center of what's happening each and every day. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we actually, we opened the book up with the most important thing and it's, so you're, you're, you're saying like, Hey, these couples are, they're just where they are and they don't know how to get to the next place. Yeah. And we start off with the word of God and we say, unless the word of God is, the thing that we look to as our foundation, because our foundations are always shifting, the things that, like you said, we, the trivial things become the thing we pursue. Yep. If we open the Word of God and we say, even if we don't really know how to navigate the Word of God yet, like let's say, yeah, I was just talking to a, a man yesterday and encouraging him, like, he's like, I don't know how to get into quiet time. I'm like, well, this may sound simple, but open the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm not trying to you know, put him down at all. I'm, I'm saying this is, it, it just takes opening the word of God and saying, yeah. okay, Lord, show me and reading it, all of it often over and over again, you know, as I, Isaiah says, principle upon pre- pre- precept upon precept. Hmm. And, and so it, the word of God, it's, it's the thing that transforms us. You know, that how we renew our minds is through the word of God, washing our minds in the word, looking at what it says and saying, well, this says this and my life looks like this. One of them is wrong, and it's <laughs> right. not the word of and it's not the word of God, <laughs> right, right? Right? If we don't if we don't line up to it, yeah. Um, and so I think the the simple first step is like, I would imagine someone who's in that situation probably isn't in the word of God often. It doesn't know what it says. Doesn't know what God's desire is for them. How He wants to encourage them and exhort them and and challenge them. And so yeah, starting like you said, Jennifer, just opening up the Bible and saying, okay, Lord, how do you want who do you, who am I in the Word? And how do you want me to be? And how do you want me to change? Yeah, it's interesting because so many guys feel intimidated by doing that. Like you, Jennifer, you said you feel so encouraged and led when Aaron like just prays with you and uh, opens up the word with you. It's in, it's really incredible how many guys feel intimidated to do that. And I always say like, you don't need to be like the greatest theologian or have like the fanciest prayers, but your wife just desperately longs for you just to like like what you just said, Aaron, like just, just crack it open and start stumbling through it. Like just go through it. You don't need to yeah. have the whole thing down and figure it out. Just like start working your way through it. You have any thoughts on that? Like guys that just feel intimidated that like what you just said, just read the Bible together, pray together for some guys they hear that and it makes their palms sweat. Like, I don't even know how I'd begin to do that. I would say that I think I know for me places I've been, I know that it's a fear of, actually walking in the things that we know we're to walk in mm. that the responsibility is scary. It's like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm called to be a spiritual leader, but what does that look like? And you know, my wife's so much better at it anyway. I might as well just step back. She, I mean, she can teach the kids. She can, she knows the word of God. She likes listening to those podcasts and those pastors and, and uh, th- that's all good, but it, it, it defaulting to, I'm not going to do it is just disobedience. Mm. And so I just want to f- first challenge the, the man that's afraid and say, Hey, that God wants obedience, whether we're going to be good at the obedience or not. He wants us to say yes first and to start turning, you open the word of God and say, okay, like I don't, I don't get it. I'm afraid. I don't know, but I'm going to do it because God wants me to, wants me to know him. And then just trust that God's good. 
he's going to teach us through his Holy Spirit. He's also going to reveal things to us. He's going to show us. And, and that also might be the hesitation is like, do we, I knew for me, there was reasons I didn't ask certain things to certain people. There was reasons I didn't want to read certain things because I knew it was actually going to challenge the way I think. I knew it was gonna, I was going to be convicted on something and that's scary. Yep. Um, so desiring what God wants more than what we want can help you get over that hurdle and saying, okay, well, what I want's not working or what I want isn't um, right or me not wanting to get in the word of God just because it scares me is trivial and I, and I should be able to get over that because I'm a man and I could figure it out. And it, and the Bible isn't that scary. Um, there's tons of things I don't know about it. I, I'm not like a, like you said, a theologian, but just reading the word of God out loud has power because the word is truth right. and the word, and the word is power. Yeah. And so whether I know it or not, how to teach it or what it means or how to expound upon it or how to dig in and say, well, this word in the Greek means to be honest, just reading it verbatim has power in our lives and power in our wives' lives and power in our children's lives. You know, I get asked sometimes, like, how do you do Bible time with your kids? And I say, well, I read them the Bible. Um, and, you know, and every once in a while, I get a really good thought on, like, a word. I'm like, hey, you know what that word means? Or, hey, remember that thing that you did yesterday? You this rabbit is, trail it. And I <laughs> rabbit trail it. But that doesn't happen every time. Yeah. Most of the time, I just read it. Yeah. And then I say, do you have any questions? And then they ask a question. I'm like, well, I'll either tell them I don't know the answer to it, or I'll try and explain it best as I can. Yeah. As you're talking, Aaron, um, something that keeps coming to my mind that I want to encourage everyone listening with is the word practice. And, yeah. you know, I think of like NFL players or even someone sitting at the table of a chess championship. They don't get there by chance. Like you have to practice. You have to put in the hours. You have to keep trying. And when you fail, you get up and do it again. Mm-hmm. And it's those hours of practice and walking in practice that um, build up over the years. And so my encouragement is just start walking it out and practicing. Yeah, start today. That's yeah. how you get better at something is by practicing yeah. it. That's so good. Jennifer, a lot of women who follow in the dad tire and sneak into the dad tire community, they're always asking, <laughs> like, how do I encourage my husband to step mm-hmm. up and lead us, like to step up and pray and step up and read the Bible? Do you have any thoughts for like the wives and how they can encourage their husbands to do that? Um, yeah, I think the first thing is just be praying for their hearts yep. because God God can change them. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, you know, pray in faith and, and hope that you'll see that change. Um, but also uh, be an encourager, be someone who affirms so that when your husband does try and practice in these things, um, especially when he's not, if he's not very good at it, you still encourage them and say, you know, thank you and, and tell him how it impacted you. And um, I think affirmation plays a huge role in uh, building up our husband's confidence in that way. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I think that's just a couple ways. Yeah. Uh, I thought I had on this and, and I'm going to, I'm not going to necessarily use the scripture in context because, uh, it's talking about learning in church. Um, and if you, if you have women following, they might chafe at this, but it's okay. Uh, there's, there's a, a pretty awesome scripture. And if you, if you look at through the mind of a helper, the mind of I'm going to actually like serve my husband and I'm going to, um, bless him and, and encourage him. What better way than to ask questions, right? And there's a scripture in, in first Corinthians and it tells the wife says, if they have questions to go ask their husbands, right? It's kind of controversial. It shouldn't be, but it is, but think about the power if your wife, every time she had a biblical question came to you and said, Hey, you know, I, I was reading this today and it seemed kind of crazy or I, I didn't understand this. What do you think about it? Even if you've never opened the Bible before, you'd be like, I don't know, go ask your pastor. And the next question, Hey, I was reading, you know, this and it was, it was super encouraging, but then they came upon this. What do you think it meant by that word? 
eventually the husband's going to be like, because like when anyone asks me for advice or answers, it makes me think they think I have the answer. <laughs> right, right. Right. And I'm not saying do this in a fake way, like to try and manipulate or be um, condescending. Right. I'm saying legitimately say, I, I want to know what you think about this. What do you think is going to happen to that husband over a hundred questions? Mm-hmm. They're eventually going to open up the Bible and try and find the answer. And so in just walking out what scripture says, there's a, you could literally, uh, Jennifer, if you every day, I mean, you do ask me spiritual questions and it, it challenges me to be like, man, I, I actually don't know. I'm going to go research that. I'm going to go look it up. I'm going to try and guide you to the correct understanding of that because you want to know from me. And it doesn't mean they can't get answers elsewhere, but I think that's a powerful way of encouraging your husband. If you know, the wife's listening is start asking for their advice on the Bible, asking for their knowledge on the Bible. And if they don't know, they will know they will learn it. They will go look for it. I was just going to say another thing to encourage wives with is um, not to have this expectation of your husband in a way that when he doesn't uh, fulfill it, that it causes a root of bitterness in your heart because that could be detrimental to a marriage and, um, and it will come out in the way that you respond to him and your words and everything like that. So I would just like to read, um, first Peter three, um, starting verse one, it says, likewise, wives be subject to your own husband so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. And I love this verse. And I think it's really important for us to understand that we are called to our own personal responsibility of the way we live our lives. And th- and the way that we do that has an impact in our husband's lives. And so um, I just, I hope that encourages some women out there today. Yeah, that's so good. So good. I really appreciate this. And what I love about you guys is this isn't like theory for you uh, because you, you've come a long way in your marriage, if I'm not mistaken. Like I've heard your guys' <laughs> story. I've heard you guys talk about your story, but it, ha- it hasn't always been like this, right? <laughs> like the whole, the no. whole way that unveiled wife and husband re- revolution really came about is you guys struggled, right? In the beginning of your marriage and, and you've come a long way. Can you kind of talk us through what it's been from day one to where you are today for those who don't know? Yeah, um, I can start uh, just by saying that when I first got married, I I, I was blinded. I, I thought that I was this perfect person, excited about marriage. Coming. I thought I was perfect too. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see when we did come up against some conflict, uh, we both thought we were right. And that always uh, makes it difficult to navigate that. Kind one of, one of, of us was. <laughs> I'm not going to say who. I'd say both that. of us were wrong. <laughs> we were in, both wrong. In hindsight, we were both wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't think I ever struggled with submission or respect come to find out years later that I, I was walking in sin and, and I wasn't a very uh, respectful wife. And so God has, has used different you know situations over the course of years to refine me in this, using our marriage as, like Aaron said, that, that tool or that vehicle to, um, to sharpen us and to um, help us understand what his word says at, you know, when we walk it out rightly and... That's just from my vantage point. Well, it's the exact same story. Like I, I was selfish, uh, a liar, uh, you know, a adulterer with my porn addiction. Like that, we walked in our own fleshly ways mm. and not in spiritual ways. Mm. Uh, but what helps is recognizing over and over again that it wasn't just about us. That there's that God's doing something in us and through wants to do something through us, and that recognition helped us stay on, get on track and grow because we're like, well, we'd have to change because divorce isn't going to make this better. It's going to make it worse. And how we were walking was leading us that way. And how we were walking was leading us that way. But walking 
in holiness with each other and practicing righteousness as first John teaches us to do would not only slowly change the areas of our lives that cause the conflict and cause the desire for divorce and cause the brokenness, but it also make us more effective for the kingdom and also make us stronger as a couple so that we can move forward in ministry. And, and also today, like, it, yes, we're miles and miles from where we were when we began our marriage, but we're still confronted with these things, you know, in, in much different levels and in different ways, God's constantly trying to refine us. And so I don't want people listening, thinking like, Oh, well, they've got it made. No, we're not perfect. We realize this. <laughs> it's a first John talks about practicing righteousness because that's exactly what it is. It's not, we're perfect today. It's practicing righteousness makes us righteous. Mm-hmm. And so we, we get to practice it. And you know what, when I fail, like I did yesterday, I had to text my wife immediately back and recognize my failure and repent mm-hmm. of it. And I'm much faster at repenting today than I was 12 years ago. And that, that makes a big difference in, in how we practice. Every listener is going to want to know how you failed, bro. I know. I, I was going to say <laughs> it, it didn't have to do with pornography because no, you didn't. mentioned that. No, um, <laughs> I, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll share. I was overwhelmed. We have a lot of stuff going on with the book launch and I had to go do something that my wife wanted me to go do. And I got frustrated and I was, I was the way I talked to her wasn't very uh, gentle or kind. <laughs> and so on the dr- drive, I text her cause I, or I, yeah, I called her and I was like, I have, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, cause I knew it immediately. I was like, I, that was fleshly and I wasn't self-controlled. So those things happen. Yep. And I was able to forgive you. And I think, um, this is just one example of how a small daily thing could kind of interrupt the marriage relationship. Um, but because we've been practicing a certain way, God's way, uh, we're quicker to bring reconciliation to our marriage. Because we know why <laughs> we yeah. should. Yeah. I was going to say that too. Uh, Layla and I have been talking about this recently where, uh, you know, t- after 10 years of marriage like that, what you just described, like every marriage obviously has gone through that. That would have been like a three day fight the year one of marriage for me. Oh, for like sure. I would have That's just true. festered on it. I wouldn't have been humble. I would have silent treatment. Yeah. Silent <laughs> treatment. I would have tried to like really build my case and then it would have like turned into a whole thing. But you just like learn like all right, we're going to be in this for life. Like, this is really dumb. To, I'm not going to waste three days. Like, just repent. Like, I, I wronged you. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. And it, that's like a sign of maturity where you start to get to the point where you can just like reconcile, repent and reconcile much, much quicker. And then on the side of the forgiver, not just saying I forgive you, but truly forgiving because the, right. the forgiver could also be holding on and, yeah. and having a grudge and not truly forgetting and kind of letting that issue go, especially the smaller issues, like you said, that don't matter. Yeah. You guys have brought it up twice. So I just want to, I'll come back to it because I think people will probably be having, they'll have thoughts on it, but you've brought up submission twice. Like what does submission, biblical submission look like to you in your marriage? That's a good question. Um, I would say for me as a wife, it's understanding that um, God has given my husband a role and a responsibility to lead me and to lead our family according to his word. And submission for me looks like yielding my heart to him. Um, In practical ways, it's when we're discussing a decision, um, understanding that ultimately I have to trust his, his leadership to make that final decision, but it doesn't go without a conversation. And um, I would say personally, my husband's really good at listening and sometimes, well, yeah, maybe not every time, but (laughs) listening and, um, really understanding my heart and where I'm coming from with maybe the advice I'm trying to share or the direction I would like to go um, and, and giving a safe space for that communication to take place, 
But then ultimately, once I've laid everything out on the table, trusting the decision that he makes and following through with it and praying through it. And um, if we need to revisit that that decision later because maybe it didn't work out or or maybe it's working out great and we want to affirm each other, we do that. But that's kind of how it looks. Yeah, yeah. and on, on the husband side, we can make we can make our wives' obedience to God very difficult mm. um, by making our relationship with them unsafe and yeah. how we make decisions. If we're being foolish and if we're, we're uh, taking the authority that, that we has been derived from Christ, not from our own uh, manlyhood, like yeah. we, we're not, we're not the spiritual leaders of our home because we're men. We are because God said so. And we only get authority from Christ and so it's not my authority. Right. So I don't get to, to lord it over my wife. I don't get to walk in a way that's um, unbecoming of a, of a believer. I actually get to submit to Christ. And I get to, I get to try and learn to be wise so that my wife feels safe trusting me. Now, that doesn't mean my wife doesn't have to submit to me when I'm unwise. That just makes it harder for her to submit to me. And, I, and the Bible tells us um, to not cause a, to do anything that will cause a believer to stumble. Mm-hmm. And so as husbands, we could be causing our wives to stumble by the way we live, causing them to be disobedient to Christ. And they're going to be accountable for their actions, but we are responsible for ours. And we also are responsible for our wives because we're their husband. And in first Peter three, it talks about in the first section of that, it talks about the wife and how she should submit to her husband and how her conduct can win her husband. But in verse seven, it says, likewise, husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. So a couple of things is I need to walk with my wife in understanding. So I don't just make decisions that my wife's going to be like, wait, what? Like that is so fast. So like, I'm not even considering my wife's needs and concerns and desires and thoughts and like making her feel so afraid and so anxious. And that's not walking in an understanding way. Um, showing honor to her. Like, am I honoring my wife in the way I make decisions and the way I lead? Is it, is it to bring honor to her or to put her down? Um, recognizing that, that she is a weaker vessel because that's how God created her. Um, you know, her emotions, the way she thinks the, those things, it's not a, it's not, um, a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. And it should cause me, as the Bible says, to be gentler. I should be gentle with my wife in the way I lead and the way I communicate. Um, because you know what? They're heirs with us of the grace of life. It's not like I'm the, the heir to Christ and she's following along as some religions might suggest. No, that she is an heir with me of the grace of life mm. and I should treat her as such. Um, and the, the result of that is our prayers aren't going to be hindered. So again, it comes back to this. We have something that we're doing in this world and we're, and we're ministering and we have a relationship with the father and the way I lead can hinder my own prayers with God and hers. And that's scary that I can actually hinder the connection we have with our father in heaven Mm. in the way I lead. So both have to happen, but both can happen without the other person, Mm. which is, it's harder that way. And it's not, it's not ordered well that way, but it can, and it should, Mm. But when we walk together and I walk the way the Bible tells me to walk and she walks the way the Bible tells her to walk, man, the power that's in that and the beauty and the beauty that's yep. in that, yep. that shows the true gospel. When we say in the book, the, the, uh, your marriage shows the gospel you believe. So how your marriage acts and works and communicates and it, the symbol you show the world through your marriage shows the gospel you believe. Either I believe the true gospel that, you know, of grace and mercy and power and of freedom and order or something else. Yep. 
It's powerful stuff, man. Really, really powerful. Really well said. Um, your guys' book comes out tomorrow. Uh, I saw in the book, uh, as I was reading through it, that there's some discussion questions. Do you think this is a couple questions? One, would it be good for a husband and wife to get individual copies and read it kind of separately and then come back and go through those questions together? And then also, would this be good for like uh, anyone that's in like a small group or marriage Bible study or something like that where they could go through uh, as a group? Um, I think practically, especially for husbands and wives who may not spend, um, you know, I'm thinking, you know, maybe the husband travels for work or um, I, I think maybe having individual copies could be good in that sense. Um, and their downtimes maybe are, are different, different, different yeah. times, um, just so they have their own copies and, and can go through those questions. But a couple could act, um, absolutely go through one book, too, and, and discuss the questions as they go, uh, maybe read it in bed together at night. I think there'd be power in, in the husband and wife going through their own copies and writing their own answers down in the in the book. And then sharing those together, coming back like at the end of each chapter and saying, hey, what'd you say? Oh, I, I said this. And then having that discussion, would I think would be really powerful. And they'd have a, um, a record mm-hmm. yeah. of the way they were thinking. Um, and then they can, go, they can always go back to it. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking as I was reading through and saw those questions. Like that, that's, that's how I pictured it going really well is just individually like studying that, putting their own thoughts, underlining what's sticking out to them, writing their answers out. And then coming together maybe at night or in the mornings and just discussing those things. But yeah, um, that's awesome. And obviously, a pro- so it makes sense then that a, a group could go through it, whether if it's a Bible study or a small group or. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So actually, I, I want to mention, and ho- hopefully all your listeners are get excited about this. Our, one of our hearts desires for this is that marriages that get this book would pray and ask God if God wants them to start a small group mm. and invite couples that they know to go through it with them. And now they become, and it's not just about the book. The book pushes everyone to the Bible yeah. <laughs> over and over and over again. Like our heart is that people are opening the word of God, yeah. but this book could be a great catalyst. And like this, this idea of, of someone saying, I don't know what our ministry is. I don't know what our mission is. I don't know how to, how we can witness. Well, they could start by having a friend, having some friends over one or two couples and say, Hey, let's just once a week for 16 weeks, go through this, which is a great length for a, a small group. Yep. Yep. Grab dinner together, study the book, go through the questions. Yeah. I think that's wonderful. Um, I'll put a link to the book, um, so that people can buy it right now. Cause it will, as soon as they buy it, it'll, especially if they get it on Amazon, it can be here this week for them. Um, but any last thoughts on that? They, I'm, I'm assuming they can pick up the book anywhere where it's sold. Books are sold. Absolutely. Yeah. Everywhere. And just an easy reference uh, to remember if you're going to jump online is marriageaftergod.com. And uh, one thing we'd just like to say is that we we truly believe that this is going to be um, a movement through marriages to point point them to God and say, God, how can we how can uh, you use our marriage for your glory? And we're just yes. so excited to see um, how this book will impact those marriages. Yeah. Love your guys' heart. Love you guys and what you're doing. Also, your podcast is wonderful, too. So people can go back and start listening to all the stuff you've got. Uh, already up on there and uh, obviously subscribe and catch up uh, there but i love you guys appreciate you guys so much and uh looking forward to seeing this book in many many hands thank you so much for having us thanks for having us man Hey guys, hope that episode was encouraging to you and your marriage. Just as a reminder, we're giving away free copies of our Stop Behaving devotional as a thank you to anyone who contributes to the Dad Tired ministry and helps us continue to expand this ministry. Uh, You can do that by going to dadtired.com and then just click the devotional tab, make a contribution, and we will send you a free copy of our Stop Behaving devotional for men. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. See you.